0: In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralized economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting, and subscribing to our channel.
1: But I know that you wanted to talk about um, how um, cooperatives or how people sharing and coming together can generate more surplus uh, and also the difference between surplus and 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 profit uh, yeah. I know that a lot of people don't really see the difference between those two words people say to me well yes but co-ops need to make a profit as well or, or they'll go under and I sort of try and explain there's a more specific definition of profit and that's money extracted from the business to pay shareholders rather than just a surplus which can be used for the business or you know giving back to members
0: yes that's exactly right when consumer co-ops were originally being created they were very clear that what they were doing was collectively buying things and that they would need a little bit of extra money to cover expenses to maybe buy stock in advance to just but they didn't know exactly how much so they would charge uh, slightly more than it cost them to get um, the goods but then at the end of the year they'd say well this is money that you already paid us for your goods but we didn't need it so you can have some of it back effectively you paid a surplus and now the co-op collectively has a surplus and that's what the dividend in a retail co-op is it's in relation to how much you've spent in the co-op you get some of it back because you shouldn't have it was always yours the co-op just kind of kept it for a while just in case it needed it since it hasn't needed it here you can have some of it back does that make sense
1: yeah 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 yeah.
0: you don't have to give it back it's still a surplus and the co-op could use it for co-op developing itself for 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 keeping reserves in the business um if it's a common ownership co-op people might well say yeah we don't we don't want a dividend back or we don't want to split the assets up Mm -hmm. if the co-op winds up we just want that always to be in common ownership that excess money in a workers co-op um Uh, it's kind of the the same thing the other way around so um, the workers have put in a load of time and presumably not been paid as much as they ought to have been paid for the value of their time if the co-op has made a surplus so at the end of the year it may well be that well a lot of co-ops do this that in proportion to the amount of time you've worked you might get extra money back because you should have been paid that in the first place. It was always yeah. yours. Does that make sense? But yeah. again, in a common ownership co-op that probably that money would just stay in the common pot and be used to develop the business.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's definitely not a profit because it's not like you have put stuff in and then got more back than you put in. It's not an investment. You haven't made money out of anything else. You've only put in your own money and then got some of it back.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were going to sort of illustrate how surpluses can be generated from sharing and and cooperation um, by comparing some of the places that you've visited and that you're familiar with.
0: Yeah, Uh, I was going to choose one place actually. So I've mentioned how in Cornerstone we have uh, lovely big houses and gardens and able to provide space for businesses that we don't have to work so hard in. That's all because we collectively managed to buy this house. So if you extrapolate that, Um, to a much larger commune Um, I went to visit Twin Oaks community in Virginia which is uh, an egalitarian community that means that everybody's spending power everyone's um, resources are the same Um, it's not Structured like Cornerstone Housing Co-op though in Cornerstone Housing Co-op, we pay rent So we have to find money somewhere in order to pay rent to the Housing Co-op But in Twin Oaks, it's much more like um, a traditional uh, I guess religious community in a way In that they have income generating businesses on site and they describe themselves as a worker-owned cooperative but they're not
1: religious. They're not religious, are they? They're
0: not religious. No, but they're structured in a similar way in terms of the money flows and the sharing. Um, so, in the same way that in Footprint Workers Co-op, um, some of the work we do generates income, like the printing, the designing. Some of the work we do also doesn't generate income, like clean the toilet. Um, and you extrapolate that much bigger uh, in Twin Oaks some of the work they do generates income and they have a tofu making factory and they have a hammock making facility. Um, and there's a couple of other things that they do don't as they a community make, to generate money. Well they make peanut butter?
1: Or is that, is that another uh, peanut butter.
0: No, that's acorn, I think, oh, or maybe right. uh, East wind. One of those has a big yeah, nut butter business. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Cause I've, I've actually visited Twin Oaks. I was, I, I traveled a lot visiting communities when I was younger and uh, Mm. I happened to find myself in Virginia, and um, I happened to meet somebody who said, oh, there's a big um, community very close to here, and they had an open day, so I went for the day. Yeah. Uh, And I um, used to live at Redfield Community in Buckinghamshire, and there was just 15 of us, and in a sort of Victorian mansion with 20 acres, and you know, we were very busy, and it was all very, it 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 worked, it was great, uh, but twin oaks is something else it was it just really is, isn't
0: it? so it really impressive is. It's so impressive it really is it's 50 years old it's got 100 people yeah. including people of all, all ages and babies get born and there is a graveyard with 15 people in it now and, and don't uh, even
1: build their own houses
0: so all all ages not well, not really. I think they probably did, but the number of people hasn't increased. So they live in small living groups of between 8 and 12 people. The building is a, is, has multiple bedrooms and then a communal kitchen and living area. But there is also a massive communal building where lunches and dinners are made and served, where all of the communications happen in terms of um, proposals, uh, notices, well, timetabling. And that's where people kind of hang out. It's got a library. It's got a kid's space. Just to continue on how it works, as well as their income-generating businesses, they, there are other things that they have to do. So everyone who lives there has a labor quota of 42 hours a week. With with exceptions for age and, and capacity. But that 42 hours includes not just working in the income-generating business. It also includes vegetable growing. It also includes looking after the dairy herd. It also includes making lunch, making dinner, clearing up. Yeah. It includes childcare. It includes elder care. It includes property maintenance. It includes meeting time, meetings, wood chopping. All of those things which in in a, in a in a normal lifestyle would be considered outside of work time. Yeah. Those things are all inside work time. yeah which actually leaves you with quite a lot left over afterwards. Um, and the surplus that they create by living closely together and sharing childcare, sharing vegetable growing, sharing um, the income generating creates this wonderful sense of plenty at least that's what i felt when i was there you know if you don't like cooking you never have to cook and you still will get two luxury meals a day all of your food is organic there's more mozzarella than you know what to do with um you will get looked after there is a um a sort of um high high caring kind of a uh, couple of rooms with with a gym and a hoist And proper air conditioning and stuff And people stay there when they need extra care mm-hmm. The kids get homeschooled There's a, a lake to swim in And a river to swim in And there's a huge communal clothes store You can arrive there with nothing mm-hmm. And live a really full life Yeah, I just I, I, And you never need to think about money really Within, within the community You never need to think about money uh, And that's where I suppose Things get tricky because the community exists in the real world in capitalism, and that's and the boundaries are people people wanting more money to go on holiday, people wanting more money because they're interacting with family and friends. So they they've created over the years kind of interesting rules, like in order to maintain egalitarianism on site, if you have more money, for example, savings or presents from your family then you have to go off site for 24 hours before you can spend it. And that maintains equality on site. People can't just go to town and buy luxury goods and come back Uh and say, I've got this thing. People can pull their money. And you can work (laughs) overtime as well. You can work overtime and kind of earn more money, but you can't spend it on site. You have to go away to spend it. And people do that for holidays because they get a hundred dollars a month allowance on top of food and clothing and housing and, Care and stuff.
1: But so, the, so the the difference between income and expenditure in the in the in the general sort of capitalist world is profit, and the difference yes. between the difference between income and expenditure in the in the cooperative world is surplus, and people often yeah. find, it, find it difficult to sort of um, to to see the difference. But I I think the word extractive is crucial. So the the profit from a capitalist yeah. company is extracted from the people who generated it and given to given to people yes. who, didn't, who didn't generate it. And where, whereas in the in the cooperative world, it's never extracted from the people who generate it. Either it's ploughed back into the business they work for, uh, or it's given to them in a, in a dividend, or it's given to them in some other way, but it's not extracted and taken away from them by people who didn't do any of the work to generate it.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, exactly our,
1: right. I think people have a have a real difficulty in sort of um, distinguishing between those two different different words.
0: And I feel like it's important in our culture, which is so far from a cooperative culture, to really focus on, on those philosophical differences to, to so that people get their heads around it.
1: Yeah.
0: The point of a surplus is that it is collective. The point of a surplus is it is to do with those of us who generated it
1: and i know that there's a fear of the word collective or collectivization and on the right there's a fear of that word but i just want to stress that what we're we're talking about is entirely voluntary it's not like some sort of a state apparatus which is forcing to people forcing people to collectivize What what we're talking about is absolutely voluntary collectivism if you do it because you you want to
0: yeah absolutely um I'm trying to imagine a, a cooperative world where people, people are forced into it. <laughs> oh, no, it's not, I it's, can't. Yeah, they're,
1: they're they're scared of totalitarianism. They're scared of you know all the, all the typical sort of Jordan Peterson fans. They 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 are terrified of that word collective because they see it as some sort of a totalitarian imposition on them. I they're, think
0: it's it's seen as a loss of agency or a loss of autonomy, yeah. um, which is interesting because. In our current system, anybody who doesn't have quite a large amount of money already doesn't have a great deal of agency, already experiences a lack of autonomy. People are trying to work multiple jobs for low-paying employers and exploiting employers. They don't have any time at all. It just seems, you know, that their housing situations might be shit. And, that, you know, it, it, to me, the, the idea that giving up precarious individual lives for for plentiful collective lives where you're accountable to other people that you know as opposed to being accountable to the state or to corporations seems to me like more liberty not less but people have this idea that that money provides liberty and what it does is it, it, it provides individual liberty at the whim of banks and corporations and the state
1: and i think there's a there's a myth that's been sold to people in the west and i, I guess especially especially in america you'll know better than me because you've just been there but i think that mm. people have they've been sold the myth that actually um if they're if they're poor if they don't have very much money that's a temporary situation and really they their 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 natural state is to be wealthy but uh you know it's a temporary blip. And, and soon they'll be, you know, they'll be wealthy. And so they keep plugging away at this system thinking that, oh, actually, yeah. it's only a temporary embarrassment that I'm not filthy rich and, you know, I'll, I'll be there soon. And of course, for the vast majority of people, it's not going to happen at all. Of course it's not. But, um, and, you know, it just seems like a strange thing to keep to keep banging your head against that wall. It seems really strange.
0: Yeah, it is strange. And it, it But it's reflected as well in the language, even in the cooperative movement. So in the UK, we talk about, worker members in worker cooperatives and in the us they talk about worker owners and the idea that every individual member of a worker co-op owns a share of that co-op is crucially important in the uk yes we have that we that that's quite a conventional model that you buy your your members share and it might be 500 pounds or two thousand pounds or more depending on how high earning your worker co-op is Um, and that's useful for the co-op it 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 means it has some working capital to play with when it needs it but it's not essential and plenty of of worker co-ops are in common ownership here without that individual owning of any of the uh, portion of the company but in the states it's seen as really really important that individuals should own their share of of their business and that's confusing to me
1: <laughs> i mean i can see it i mean i think ownership yeah people do like to sort of have that security of ownership of something and if it's a, if it's a cooperative um enterprise i don't i'm not sure i really have a problem with that it's, it's certainly better than you know the extractive economy
0: it's better than the extractive economy but it kind of entrenches the individualism rather than the collectivism it's, it's a just way. a philosophical difference between between the two cultures i think um and it, and it speaks to The nature of the people who colonized North America and the US is people who were basically pioneers and individualists who were trying to be self sufficient and own their own bit of something.
1: I guess, I guess, um, you know, if somebody said, I don't want to extract money from anybody else, I don't want to exploit anybody else, all I want really is just to have a little small holding and live on my own and grow my own food, perhaps, you know, produce a surplus so I can sell it at the local market. And to be left alone, and for me, I would say, yeah, if you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. It's 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 non-extractive, and it's um, yeah. it's individualistic. But if they if they you know if they wanted to go their own way, I think you know, there needs to be room for that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that it carries more legitimacy in the cooperative in the worker cooperative movement than a common ownership approach.
1: Do you think that's the case in the states and in the UK?
0: Uh, not in the UK, no. In the UK, they're both they're both normal.
1: So we need to build a surplus in the cooperative sector, don't we? The cooperative stroke, solidarity sector, whatever you want to call it. I tend to call it the new economy. Yeah. Just trying to get my head around how we sort of build this surplus. It's very difficult to get investment and to get things going, isn't it? And to develop a, to develop a surplus which we can then use to grow the sector.
0: We don't, I mean, we compete with the billions and billions that are circulating in the rest of the capitalist economy I tend to the opinion that we create surplus by sharing more yes of course we should try and get money in somehow from the rest of the economy but um, we can't wait for that to happen before we carry on and before we you know start trying to develop as much as we can mm-hmm. and individual lives are more likely to be improved in the short term by getting together with other people
1: a lot of people I talk to, a lot of people I talk to they, they're very, very open to that idea, and they'd love to work in some, in some sort of alternative or cooperative sector. They just can't escape. They're stuck in a corporate job that they don't like. They're stuck with a mortgage, and they just can't see any way that they can get out of it. And, there's, and the conversation always sort of sinks into the quicksand, because it's like, I'm stuck. I can't get out of this. Yeah. I don't really know what to say to people. I mean, what would you say to people? How, how do they take that step? How do they get out?
0: I've got no idea. If, <laughs> if, people, if people are not in a position to reduce their lifestyle costs, yeah. then I honestly don't know what they can do.
1: That's crucial, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it?
0: That's the main thing. A thing that I would like to do next, if I can, is to create a commune like modeled on Twin Oaks big you know like 100 to 200 people really big
1: where do you want who, to do
0: that sorry i'd like to do it in yorkshire i think in the planning yorkshire. the planning laws might prevent it being in yorkshire eventually but at least start looking there yeah and there's a few things thinking about how that would work you know you would the income generating businesses that we would have would need to be things that can use a lot of reasonably unskilled labor things that are nonetheless reasonably high value also thinking quite a lot about how you create a culture, uh, and in the early years of any kind of project, especially something as countercultural as this would be, you'd need to be pretty firm in in saying this is what is expected, and this isn't what's expected. After a while, after people are used to it, the culture becomes entrenched, and then people moving in just kind of fit in with, with whatever exists but at the beginning when we're all working it out together i think it's going to be really hard i'm, I'm kind of interested by, by by the next few years of, of that happening
1: looking forward to see what you do i'm very interested <laughs> it's really interesting that the people we've interviewed so far there's there's a common theme emerging and that's that there's a crash coming and, yeah. and people are wanting to build their particular networks whether they're cooperative networks or platform co-ops or or, free and open source community or permaculture Mm -hmm. um to try and sort of catch people when when the inevitable crash comes what do you think about that
0: well that that's the kind of in in a world where it seems like you can't really do very much that seems like the best thing that you can do you see what i mean like like i can manage this much i can i can collectively manage this many people (laughs) it's hard to It's hard to know what other options there are other than let's try and keep as many people living as well as possible.
1: Where can people keep up to speed with what you're up to?
0: I mean, there's a blog about my trip, which I haven't added to since I finished it. Um, Also, I'm an associate with Cooperative Business Consultants. So cbc.coop has a little bit about me.